Welcome, friends. You're listening to the Swears and Does Hair podcast for bridal hairstylists and makeup artists looking to take their business to new levels. Here we tackle topics such as mindset, finances, balancing business with motherhood, and healthy strategies to keep your body and mind supporting your business rather than holding it back. I'm your host, Sue Minsky, business coach for bridal hairstylists and creator of the Next Level Bridal Business Program. Thanks for joining me. I can't wait to dig into today's topic, so let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Swears and Does Hair podcast. I'm Sue, your host, and today I am uh, interviewing the lovely Kat Aragon, who is a hair and makeup artist in the Northern Virginia area with me. Um, I'm going to have Kat kind of introduce herself and tell you a little bit more about exactly what she does. So thank you so much for joining me, Kat. How are you doing today? I'm good. Happy to be here. Uh, so my name is Kat Aragon. I have been a makeup artist as well as hairstylist for, oh my gosh, over 20 years now, pretty much straight out of high school. Um, my family, my mom has been in the salon industry for probably about 25 years at the time. And they decided my family, my, my, um, dad and mom decided to open a salon. And honestly, I call myself like the accidental makeup artist in this whole thing. And I was kind of thrown into this industry in helping my family, uh, uh-huh. set the salon up. I was not doing the best in school. I was kind of floundering around, didn't really know what, what studies I wanted to go into. I feel like at that point I thought I was going to be a chef. I thought I was going to be, you know, hotel restaurant manager. I thought I was going uh-huh. to be doing computer, computer systems. Anyway, so we opened the salon. My dad's like, okay, um, we're going to be, you know, needing you to do management. I learned the skincare and fell into weddings because in the salon industry, a lot of the uh, hairstylists who were there hadn't done makeup in several years, maybe decades, you know. Yep. So I yep. was the one straight out of school that they're like, you you learned makeup recently. You can do all the wedding makeup. And I was like, no, this, this is somebody's most important day of their life. <laughs> Uh-huh. You're gonna throw me in with like no experience, and I'm pretty sure all I learned how to do in school was to sanitize everything I use and how to wash my hands after going uh, to the basically, pack. yeah, that's kind of really all they teach you. <laughs> so that was my my experience leading up to um the wedding world. Uh, so with that being said, I was very much um you know very. I don't know, I guess standoffish and I put very little makeup on and kind of just pushed as much as the bride was willing to go in makeup. So that was the start of my makeup career. Um, the It started to go in a little bit of a different direction when one day we opened up the to the idea of retailing products. Mm-hmm. Um, the products that we had available to salons at that time did not have enough pigment, kind of did some weird things on camera. So, um, and, and honestly, I could not for the life of me find a pure black eyeshadow. Like for some reason, no salon brands carried a pure black eyeshadow in the nineties. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. It was like gunmetal with silver chunks, you know, but, um, I, it was problems like that, that led me on the search of creating our own private label line for the salon. Uh-huh. So then I started to go down that realm, which then, of course, we had to go into do a photo shoot for our product line and show what it looked like on camera, which found myself in the photography world. So that's kind of the start of my career. It all Uh just kind of one fell into the other. And um, that photography lent its way into me being signed with local agencies uh, for 
you know, for um, portraits and things like that around here, then going into fashion stories, then uh, getting signed with my agency in New York, went into doing senior hair and makeup artistry at CNN um, for several years after that through connections I've made in the makeup industry. And then uh, eventually, you know, I started to work with a New York agency to do celebrity makeup and hair. So Mm -hmm. long, long road, but kind of my hand in everything. Yeah, that's really cool to hear about the evolution of where your career has taken you. Because I think a lot of people kind of start out and they may not realize the breadth of opportunities that are available to them in this field. Or they may kind of pigeonhole themselves and be like, oh, well, I'm just a salon artist or Mm -hmm. I just do this, I just do that. And they think that they can't um, or it takes too much work. But sometimes, you know, these opportunities kind of build upon themselves. Um, Right. Yeah. Well, going back to, you know, the fact that I couldn't figure out what to do in school, that was probably a big key as to like, I wasn't, I needed variety. And I feel Mm -hmm. like when I started to get stuck in something, I got really bored. And what I loved about the makeup Mm -hmm. industry, especially when I realized the whole photo shoot part of it and, you know, um, getting instant gratification with the images I was creating, like that opened up a whole world of like, how many different ways can I work this business and keep it fun? and exciting. Mm-hmm. And I can be passionate about it. So I, I feel like that's why my hand was in so many parts of this industry at once was, it was exciting to me, you know? Yeah, I feel the same way. Cause I kind of started out similarly, I started out in cosmetic retail. Um, and then when I moved to the area here, I realized how big of an industry it was for photo shoots and all those kinds of things. And mm-hmm. the people that I've met and the connections that it's led to and the opportunities that I've had, I kind of look back over the last 15 years that I've been doing this and it's like, wow, I feel kind of like you or I, I had my fingers in a lot of different things where I would start to do something and kind of get bored a little bit where it's like, okay, doing the same thing all the time, you kind of start to lose a little bit of your passion for it because it just becomes so routine. There's no thought. There's not as much creativity involved anymore. And so I would kind of be like, okay, well, what else can I do? Who, who else can I make a connection with to open up a new opportunity um, and do things with? So um, I totally relate to you on that. Yes, for sure. I do think that there was a safety. However, you know, when I first started, I, you know, I didn't come from a place of like automatically wanting to learn all of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, I really felt the safety in the salon environment. So I totally understand when people kind of stay there for a little while, there was definitely safety in four walls. You know, I got really confident in my skill set there. I had dealt with social anxiety prior and was actually kind of dealing with social anxiety at the beginning of my career. So like I needed that safety, but the more I worked on people and got better at my skill set with makeup, the more confidence I built. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of like where the boredom mixed with like the confidence that was coming, you know, from yes, um, yes. it, like all of a sudden opened my eyes to like wanting to say yes to almost every opportunity. It wasn't even like a thing of like, really searching for something at that point. It was just like, oh, we're doing this. Oh, this is a whole thing. Yeah, I want to do more of that, you know, and finding myself looking up like trade photo shoots online and to the point where eventually I was like, okay, mom, I'm literally like stealing your time while I look for photo shoots and weddings outside of here. So maybe I shouldn't be managing (laughs) (laughs) Back in the good old model mayhem days. I remember that was... 
yeah, that's what kind of like kickstarted my career when I first moved here. I was like, Model Mayhem, what is this? And then yep. it was just like, oh my God, I can do makeup for all of these things and I can find them online. And um, it was, it feels very much like it was a very different world. Oh um, my gosh, it does. Back then than it is now. Um, but it was still, it, it goes a lot back to like when I coach people on, on building their careers and stuff like that, that the foundation of it truly is relationship building it the new yeah. tools have come out and it, it's changed in the last 15 years it's not model ahem anymore now a lot of it's you know instagram or linkedin or facebook and things like that like the people that you meet and you develop the relationships you never know what type of opportunity that's going to kind of open up for you and right. evolve your career Exactly. I mean, this, this is definitely 90% for me networking and, mm -hmm. you know, just talking to people and trying to fill a need um, mm -hmm. and seeing what needs they need filled too. Like that's just as important, right? It's like you talk to so many people in your career. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, that realtor, you know, that person, you know, that you may have just met and who'd be perfect for, you know, being a, a problem solver to whatever, you mm -hmm. know, problem presents itself in your chair with the next client that comes in. So I just Absolutely. love being a connector. I think that's the main part of my business and why it's, you know, flourish is I don't like keep that information to myself. I really try to help people along with the information, you know, I learn and get. Yeah. I see you do that so flawlessly and so well, you know, just the way you connect people. Um, you're always open and, and willing and being like, oh yeah, I know somebody like, yeah, for like, sure. <laughs> my husband's very much like that. I, I joke that he's like the mob where he's always like, oh, I know a guy, you know, know. like he's always just like, oh, I know somebody who can help you with that. And I'm like, I'm well, are you the mob? <laughs> I'm going to start saying it like that. I know a guy. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, I know a guy. I can, you know. Like my I husband and I were talking about, I want to get back into to yoga and he goes to um, a dojo and he does jujitsu and stuff. And they also do yoga there. And he's like, oh yeah. He's like, you know, you can just start coming, you know, on, on Sundays or whatever. I, I know the person at the yoga studio and she yeah. actually offered to give me free yoga classes if I do like one-on-one -on -one training with her and, and some of this jujitsu stuff or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like I mentioned casually, like, Oh, I'd like to get back into yoga. And he's like, Ah, oh, I know somebody I can, I can help you out there and then it'd be free. I'm like, That's okay, amazing. Cool, babe. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks. I love it. So now when it came to your bridal career, um, when did you kind of decide that you kind of wanted to step away from that? Was it when you were um, building, you know, your photo shoots and, and the opportunities with your agency and working for CNN and stuff like that? Was there a particular point when you, yeah. you kind of stepped back a little from that? I feel like it actually came probably before even the CNN opportunity. It was, um, I, you know, I was a mom of three. My girls were younger than, I feel like they're grown mm -hmm. now, but they were younger than and taking a, you know, it was guaranteed I was not going to be available on a weekend. And, you know, yeah. and at that point I was working during the week. And so it just got really hard um, mm -hmm. to be committed, like even a year out, you know, a lot of times and to know like, we can't do that vacation. We can't go here, you know? So it was, I loved it and we were at the height of our career, but I think at some point burnout can happen, you know, and Absolutely, stress and yeah. everything can happen. And so I started, I, I th actually think that's probably the reason why I really decided to go into the full-time job of like, okay, well, at least this will sustain me for now. Mm -hmm. Like it'll give mm -hmm. me the insurance. It wasn't that it was like my passion to do that. And I was definitely not seeking to work in TV, you know, by any means, but <laughs> it was 
it, it fulfilled what I needed at that time. And I think the burnout was too real right around the edge, you know, yeah. uh, around the corner. So, so we yeah. kind of went in a different direction. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, how long after that was it that you started with Lime Life and, you know, that the retail aspect um, of your career? So I've always been a fan of retail. There is something even like way before Lime Life, there was a video I remember watching in the salon. Uh, my dad was really big. He was in the salon association and we were really big in education with our customer. So I guess this is really embedded in my roots, you know, with how my uh-huh. dad kind of ran the salon, but he was really big in education and stuff. And I remember this video, it was Festoon Salon. I don't even know if they're around anymore, but they had a video on retail. And Mm -hmm. it really hit home. And of course it was more on like, you know, hair products and stuff, but it really hit home. Like to best service your customer, like you have to be providing them with the right tools to help them when they get home to provide, you know, um, the way that, you know, their color can be saved, you know, when they're using the products that, you know, you recommend to them. Exactly. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we kind of go like, oh, I don't know if I want to retail something that feels so ick or whatever, because we may or may not be getting something out of it. Yeah, and we feel like, like a used car salesman. Absolutely, just like inauthentic. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And that video really helped me understand that I'm not doing like a hundred percent customer service unless I am recommending something. Because honestly, we were three stores down from CVS. Guaranteed, they were going to go down there and pick up their shampoo and conditioner that would probably ruin everything right after. Ugh, yes, you know. Yeah. So it, uh-huh. it, I started to realize I was like, okay, like part of my job and being like the hairstylist, you know, for them and being the makeup artist for them was to have something on hand. And that's when I went into um, doing private label for our salon because uh-huh. I needed to fill that, um, you know, the salon had it in terms of the hair stuff, but we definitely needed like the makeup. Um, Lime Life came along actually years later. I had already at the point um, closed down the makeup side of things, uh, the makeup retail side of things, not because I didn't love it. (laughs) What Uh I didn't know with Private Label was I was, you know, not just going to be the artist recommending stuff that I loved. I was also going to be the bookkeeper. I was going to be figuring out names, logos, stickers, diameter of stickers, you know, SKU Uh numbers and all the other things, like all the stuff that I didn't want to do. Like I, uh-huh. I would have gone to school for that if I wanted to do that kind of stuff. Exactly. And it kind of took the passion away of mm-hmm. it. And because I was the only one who my dad at that point had um gone overseas to Saudi Arabia uh just for a little bit, but with his government contract and I so I didn't have his help. Um my sister was younger and and she wasn't, you know, able to be as involved. And so it was me, you know, and mm-hmm. I had no experience with this stuff. Um this side of things other than you know, managing a salon and booking out appointments. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of fell in love with, I fell out of love with it, but I always had the idea still in the back of my head that retail just makes sense. Even mm-hmm. from that video. Um, cut to years later, I found myself in a lot of different positions, always trying to get back into retail. And here's the thing. I'm the person, this is the funniest thing. I'm the person who I remember working at Blue Mercury for like a week And I Uh stopped working there because I think I was working for Laura Mercier. I was freelancing one day and I loved working with a client that they put in my chair. She said that she was going to come back with her daughter and we're going to help her out too. And I was like, that's awesome. She walks out the door. You could hear a pin drop because I sold nothing to her. And I never knew that was like, that was, that opened up my eyes to how strict the retail world was in terms of like, you have to make that sale. So when I say I'm not a salesperson, I'm telling you, I'm not a salesperson. I like am there to serve somebody. I'm happy when they got the information they need 
to help like you know yeah, help yeah. feel more confident but dang I that was my last day and it wasn't because they fired me I just knew I was like oh this is not the environment for me I'm not a good salesperson yeah so that you know but but why was retail still in the back of my mind but it was always because it was like I knew that I could serve a need in some way so before even Lime Life, I remember I was actually um, talking to Temp2, believe it or not, years before, and we oh, were going okay. to set up a home sector and a home, um, you know, party type of model uh, when they came up with their airbrush stuff. So I have all the airbrush stuff. They sent me everything. And then right around that time, their director, uh, creative director or whatever, kind of decided to go in a different direction and not go that route. And um, but we had already set it up like commissions everything like that like we were on the go and then it just was a change of um leadership over there so we decided not oh, to oh interesting i never yeah. knew that i didn't know yeah. that that was like a route that they they were going and then i didn't know i recommend you were a part I, of it yeah yep i actually approached them and and you know because i had been at that point i think i had been a makeup educator with the makeup show and so i knew mm-hmm. some of the people and stuff and I, you know, I mean, Face Atelier at one point, I was going to do some kind of like regional sales for that. Like, there, so this has always been a thing. This isn't like, uh-huh. I found Lime Life and now I'm going to just retail stuff. You know, it's always been in the back of my heart. Like, this makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. if somebody can earn additional income with just because they're passionate about teaching people, it makes sense. Because the other option was, you know, have everybody go to all the makeup stores, not get a dime of commission, put all your mm-hmm. time into trying to like swipe people's credit cards at this website and at this store and Yep. It's a rat race. It's like, how do you even keep up with that? I can't even keep up with my schedule. I have no idea how I'm going to keep up with the 20 different products that people are going to get from different locations, you know? Yeah. I used to try and do <laughs> like when my, I did makeup lessons for a very long time as an additional revenue stream to, mm-hmm. to c- further continue the relationship with my brides mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, to continue to serve them and, and to help them with my skincare background by recommending products and stuff like that. And then I would put together all of this kind of stuff and be like, Oh, I'll do a personal shopper for you. And I would go and I would try and buy all the things for them. And yeah, it was so much to keep up with. And then people would be like, no, 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 no. Just like, just give me the list. And it was like, but but, (laughs) like, that's not how this works. I need to make some money for giving my, you know, my expertise. You're, you're benefiting from this. I want to help you, but I also got bills to pay, you know, like there was literally have to charge like hundreds of dollars to make it worthwhile, you know, exactly. Yeah. And who's going to pay for that? They could just go to the store and pick up whatever, you know, they'll they'll walk into Sephora on their own with the salesperson there and just buy whatever they recommend versus Uh, with somebody who actually has, you know, a background and an education working with multiple product lines in, in real life situations, but also has like, I had my estheticians background in my skincare and it's like, Mm -hmm. no, I could like, I could list the, the layers of the skin and what each function is for (laughs) you. Like I no trust me. I like, I actually know what I'm, what I'm talking about, but no, no, you're just going to go to support. Okay. No, but you know, but somebody else has goals to make that day. So they don't hear a pin drop when somebody walks out. So they're not in that target. (laughs) Exactly. They will follow you around. Can I help you with anything? Can I help you with anything? I'm like, I got it. Thanks. That's exactly what would happen. I would, I would give a list and they got derailed by the person at the store and Mm -hmm. like, this isn't working out for me. Well, this isn't what we suggested for you, you know, Or, or something would be out of stock. Um, yeah. You know, 
And, you know, even in glimpses back to when I had my makeup line, even the fact that if they didn't like something, I had to eat the cost of that. I couldn't just like go send it back to the company and be like, it didn't work yeah. out. I was the company, you know, so mm -hmm. it was like the cost that I, you know, occurred or incurred from that was um, ridiculously high too. Yeah. And then like products sitting on the shelves if they didn't buy it, you know, it was, it was yeah. rough. So all of that kind of led me um, to, especially what you just said, um, the list. We all know the list. We yep. make the list for our customers. <laughs> and that was the day I decided to actually do this. Um, I remember I was going to a, I got invited to do a church event where I was like the makeup advisor, right? Sorry, mm -hmm. there's something passing by here. Yeah, I was like okay. the makeup advisor. And I was at a table and the whole deal of this thing is like, there's like 10 different stations. There's like a stylist and a hairstylist. And, and you're giving like advice for 15 minutes to like groups of ladies who are coming through. And so I'm giving my makeup, like, you know, here's what I do. And this is what, you know, you get all the questions from people that you're surrounded by. So it was a time mm -hmm. to be able to give back and answering those questions. And they would walk away. I think by the third group that came around, they would walk away with my list. I just remember feverishly like pencils, like, do you have a pencil? Do you have paper? I didn't bring anything. <laughs> I, yep, didn't yep, yep. I didn't think to like pre-print anything. Like this was not even a thing I had thought through. I just thought I was giving advice. And then I remember um, them going to the next person. I want to say it was for skincare specifically. And as everybody was like walking away from my table, super impressed with all the information they got, super excited with all this, like, you know, like confidence that they're going to feel now that they know what they're doing. They go to the next table and the lady hands them a card and says, here's my link if you need anything. Yep. <laughs> and I remember like going, are you kidding me? Like, okay. It doesn't even I just matter. did all that work. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Like the person, you know, like I don't know her skincare, like history. And it, it wasn't even about that. It was about the uh -huh. ease and convenience of serving her customers that just, yeah. she just poured into for 15 minutes. And I'm like, what am I doing? At this point, I had been kind of sitting on deciding to, if I was going to do retail with Lime Life or not. Um, only, uh -huh. because, only because it was like, I was the only one in the area. Like there was not even like somebody I could try it from, you know, there was like, yeah. I didn't even know. Other than it was RCMA Foundation, which I was familiar with and loved, I didn't mm -hmm. know much else. So I, and the only way to buy into um, the brand back in the day was like $700. You get the entire line, but it was mm -hmm. a lot, you know, yeah. being at the time that I was legitimately living with my parents because we just foreclosed on the house. Like that was like not a bill I was like willing to pay or, you know, un unless it really made sense. And, um, after that, I came home and I was like, I feel like we've got to figure out how to do this. I don't know if I just do like installments or what, like, I just got to figure it out. Right. Mm -hmm. And my husband agreed. I was like, I just walked hundred, I just saw hundreds of dollars just walk away from me right now, you know? Yep. And I poured all my all into it, you know, voluntary uh, effort at this event, but still mm -hmm. I could have made something even then. Um, and I, and that's when it opened my eyes. I signed up. I didn't tell anybody, like, even the person I signed up with, she had no idea. I signed up until a week later. I was like, Hey, where do you find this? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What did you say I sign up under? Um, Mary, Kay, Mary Kay, believe it or not, is yeah. like, <laughs> for the listeners, like, wait, Mary Kay, what? We just yeah. that. No, Mary Kay is actually her name. Uh, it's it's ironic. Her first name is Mary Kay. And yeah, she was the very first beauty guy. She was the only one who kind of like knew anything about anything. It was so brand new. And so I just reached out to her. I was like, hey, I signed up last week. Do you know where this is? And she was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
<laughs> so that's kind of my start at Limelight. But I've always just kind of been that person who just saw an opportunity, like I said, and said, okay, I could use this in my life and I'm not going to just wait for somebody to tell me why I need it. I just going to mm-hmm. do it, you know? So, um, so that, that became why I did it. And, and I feel like after that, it's so interesting how me signing up to do this um, really helped so many other people who I think had probably always wanted to do retail or always wanted uh-huh. it to be easy, all of a sudden come out of the woodwork. Yeah. And really, that's how my team got started. I wasn't out there going like, join my team. Da, da, da. It was like me signing up gave permission to other people to do the same. Yeah. And well, I, yeah. Well, I was going to say, well, I, seeing you doing it and in my mind, it lended so much more credibility mm-hmm. because I was like, oh, if Kat's doing this, then yeah. like, okay, this is not just another direct sale, multi-level market. You know, yeah. it was just like, okay, you know, and, and your, your passion for it and being like, no, this is, th- these are the brands that we work with and this is how yeah. it serves the makeup artist community. And, and that I was think, a huge part. Yeah. I think yeah. that's why I was so... Um, attracted to the company as a whole because it was serving the makeup artist community and it wasn't like serving the consumer retailers. Yeah, and, it, and it was really bridging the gap between the two. Cause I remember, you know, again, I was the person who was working in this job or, you know, and not seeing my kids or even mm-hmm. in weddings, like not seeing my kid, like all these situations that I loved, I was passionate about always had to be like some kind of sacrifice towards my family. Yeah. So it was one of those things where, you know, I came from it from the angle of like, I want to be with my family more. How can I make money when I'm not actually away, you know? Mm -hmm. And it also came from the angle of, I have education that I can be giving to people like based off my knowledge and skill set. How do I do that without having to unlock the door of the salon? Or how do I do that? You know, how can I make this work um, and build outside of me actually showing up for something? And I, I think the two sides of that helped me really understand, like, this is amazing for consumers as well as makeup artists. And I'm yeah. going to tell you, like, a topic that a lot of people don't talk about a lot is as a makeup artist, again, I grew up with a lot of these brands like RCMA and, you know, we go to the makeup show, we meet all of mm-hmm. these amazing brands and the vendors. I didn't just look at it as like, how is this going to feed my pocket when I'm giving out information? I was like, how amazing is it that RCMA went from hand pouring everything and now they have to have like full manufacturer, like factory stuff, Mm -hmm. like setting everything up because they can't keep up with like the demand of their product, a product that only makeup artists knew about, which I love that only makeup artists knew about, but how much better is that for the family and for those who've been putting their blood, sweat and tears into this line for decades to be able to get out there and be known by the world, you know? Exactly. Like, I love that, you know, and I, and I know we don't talk about that part as much because it's fun to have our own little thing, but mm-hmm. I had to look past that and be like, how much more is this empowering other people, you know, and other brands to be able to work with us in a big scale, you know? And that's yeah. what we really want. It's like, I don't want to hold somebody else back because it serves me, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a really great point to bring up because yeah. it really has served not just, you know, the the beauty guides who right. are able to help the consumers, but it's also greatly benefited, you know, some of these smaller, Vendors, I don't want to yeah. say like indie brands, but, you know, like yeah. the things that were previously like the best kept secrets of the makeup artist world, you know, yeah. like you said, like when we go to the makeup uh, the makeup show in in New York and we're, and we're, we're working it with and we're talking and we're meeting all these people behind the booths and things like that. 
um, we know about the brands and everything like this. And then it's an opportunity for um, those products to get into the hands of more people and, and like you said, really empower those brands. Well, and, and how many times do we get asked about what we're using while we're, you know, while somebody's in our chair? Oh, yeah, and, all the time. And I was uh, just at, in, at the makeup show in Chicago last month. I think it was last month and um I'm like what month is it yeah <laughs> like, you know, I was just at the makeup show in Chicago and I remember I actually took a picture of this one um makeup artist um I wish I had gotten her name but uh she had a big Alcone bag on her mm-hmm. and one of the things that I told her I was like okay now that you're done like shopping with other brands I'm like you might as well go ahead and learn how to make it back like because you have the products right in your bag and a lot of people don't realize that they're already using a lot of the products that we have in our line Mm-hmm. But they're not realizing that they can now turn around and actually recommend something when people ask them instead of sending yeah. them to 500 different stores like I did, you know, in the past. Yeah. Um, so it's just, again, comes back to that 100% customer service. How do you make this as easy and seamless as possible for the customers to get the products that they want in their hands? Yeah. And it's funny you say, you know, people are always asking like, oh, what are you using? And I get a lot of times, like I'll get an email from, you know, a bride and she'll say, oh, I have a bridesmaid and she wants to know what brands you use in your kit. And I'm always Mm -hmm. like trying not to roll my eyes, you know, kind of be like, (laughs) all right. So anyway, so yeah, (laughs) it doesn't matter, sweetie. Are you allergic to an ingredient? If no, then please don't ask that question because my answer is going to kind of mean nothing to you. You know, it's like, I I don't go into Ulta and just buy everything off the shelf. You know, like I know I've been a working artist for 15 years. Like, you know, and it's like, okay, okay. Don't, it's like, don't get the attitude, Suzanne, you know, like don't get the ego, just like answer as gently as possible and be like, I use a mix of prestige drugstore and professional brands. And just kind of like give the spiel about, do you have any, uh, ingredient allergies. Exactly. Otherwise we're good. And it's like, just keep it moving. And if on the day of they're like, I really like that. And it's something, you know, that I can help to, to serve them with afterwards through Lime Life or whatever. I can be like, Oh yeah, actually it's like, uh-huh. I don't even, I don't even retail Lime Life anymore. Um, I just didn't have time in my schedule to, to manage that in the last year or so. So I always just send them to Giselle and I'm like, yeah, my best friend, she retails it. Let me give you her website. You know, and Giselle's always like, I get these random sales from people. And I'm like, you're welcome. You're welcome. Well, you bring up a really good point. Like you, you know, people are asking about what's in your kit and in the end I've like learned it's not about the product, but what it does. Um, mm-hmm. And that's exactly why I aligned with this brand because, you know, it, it's the longevity. Is this going to be great? And, and this is something important to explain to your brides, you know, when they're asking you what you use in your kit. I think we got that question a lot, you know, and yeah. be like, I pick specific things based on the longevity, on how it's going to react on camera, how it's going to look under any lighting situation, on the fact that it's going to look like your skin. Mm -hmm. on you know and all of these things i'm like mentally checking off as that's exactly what this line does for me um Mm -hmm. so while i'm a big advocate for retail and while i do work with lime life it's like as long as you find something that speaks to you Mm -hmm. that does check that off that's that's amazing like this is the only line that's been able to check that off and with integrity i can use i'm gonna even talk about like my own private label line i loved it the consumers Uh loved it camera didn't love it you know, yeah. and I was like, I can't like with integrity use this product and sell it because I can make a little extra dollar here or there and it not like 
look right on camera. And then me, like how many of us have had to switch things, uh, you know, behind the scenes, you know, uh-huh. on camera, it looks like it's whatever ad is paying for it, but really all the stuff is taped up and the labels are covered because it's really pro makeup. <laughs> uh-huh. exactly. So it's like, I didn't want to do that switcheroo. I wanted to be like, I actually use this on myself, on my clients in every lighting situation. It's going to last all day. I don't care if you like want to go for a swim after your wedding, you're still going to have your makeup on, you know, like I needed yeah. all that. Mm-hmm. I needed to make sure that when I'm doing this on red carpet as well, the paparazzi is unforgiving with their flashes oh, that yeah. that makeup wasn't mm-hmm. going to flash back and have that white cast, you know? So it, like all of that, I feel so secure in this. And that's why I just confidently recommend it to people when they're asking. I'm like, yeah, I, I got this. In fact, I've kind of gotten to the point now where it's almost like part of my um, like consultations and trials. I was just talking to my uh, friend, Carissa, uh, she's a bridal artist and I'm doing a wedding mm-hmm. uh, here. And she said that she's going to, because she has a big party of 10, right? Uh-huh. Uh, she, she's going to make sure that she has um, everybody's color matched with the quiz beforehand. Because oh, that cool. gets us in this place of like, we kind of already know where we're going for color palette, what mm-hmm. the skin tone is, how we're going to divvy this up, how quickly we can get product on, you know? So it just also cuts time too. Um, so there, there's just a lot of reasons why, you know, I, I like being familiar. I also love when I get to recommend people on jobs, whether it's weddings or not, and me going like, oh, use Antiki Bar. That'll look great on her, you know? Like, <laughs> and I know they have it in their kit. It's amazing. <laughs> yes. I know. I love working with Giselle. Uh, you yeah. know, we work, assist each other on weddings all the time. And even though I don't retail Lime Life anymore, it's still, it's flooded in my kit, a lot of the stuff. And obviously yep. so is hers. And so we can swap back and, you know, I can be yeah. like, oh, okay. You know, I, I, I used Ruby chocolate on uh, these three bridesmaids and she'll be like, perfect. You know, she's like, I, I'll use Ruby chocolate too. And everybody will look cohesive. Um, and then she can, she can turn around and she can be like, Hey, if you guys really love this lip color and you want a full size, here you go. She's yep. able to instantly offer an additional revenue uh, stream right there. And then yeah. usually that gets people into it and they're like, wow, I really loved this lipstick. It was, it was beautiful. It lasted all day and I loved it, blah, blah, blah. And then now here on down the line with bridal party members, she has an opportunity to continue to build that relationship with them and continue serving them outside of just doing their makeup on the wedding day. And that's the thing, you know, they have, there's certain months and everything that aren't as crazy busy as others, like totally mm-hmm. use those months to like, I think you mentioned earlier, you did makeup workshops and stuff or the mm-hmm. bridal parties or whatever, but it, it's the same. And I lead up with conversations of take this quiz so we can get your color match. Cause it's going to help me, you know, help, mm-hmm. help me service that person faster. Um, yeah. But then also you know, during the trial, like, how's your skin? Like, what are you feeling? Okay, here's some samples of some stuff that yeah. I know is going to be amazing for them, you know, and we talk, of course, about allergies and all that other stuff. But, you know, so then they're already, you know, getting prepped for the wedding with some skincare. Mm-hmm. Then on top of that, on the slower months, it doesn't have to be right after. But you know, you might be crazy booked right after but like in the slower times, it's like come back and say, hey, on uh, during this month, it's like a customer, you know, um, a customer thank you and appreciation day, like bring in your bridesmaids. Let me teach you the bridal look that we did on you, you know, mm-hmm. uh, things like That's that. Like I would never be able to do that 
if I didn't have something behind me. Otherwise, I'd be like, that's great. That's amazing customer service. That's also eating into my time where, you know, time is money. So Mm -hmm. like this is a way to be able to generate those sales back. And on top of that, when you have a product line that actually performs, you don't have to do anything to twist anybody's arm. They just need to get it on, see how to use it. And that's like, okay, here's your link. And they're off and running with it because it works, you know? So, but yeah, I've just kind of learned to, to add certain things and it's not like working a lot differently. It's kind of, it's funny because I do have conversations with people that are like, you know, I don't, I don't have time to add something on and I'm Mm -hmm. like, but would you add like one or two sentences in there? You know, if it's yeah. five years in compounding down the road when your one bride now has her whole family using it and, you know, and, and she's exactly. moved off and maybe decided she wants to retail it too. And now all of Nevada has it too. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. would that, was, is it worth the one or two sentences, you know, that could have been said, okay, maybe, you know, yeah. so it's just kind of retraining, you know, how uh-huh. we feel about about really just solidifying conversation and knowing you're coming from a place of service and yes, you know, like let me help you out, you know, with this link or with this uh, sample. Yeah. It's really, it, sales comes down to customer service. Mm-hmm. Like when people are always like, oh, Absolutely. you know, I don't, I don't want to feel salesy or I can't sell. And it's like, it's just, it's really customer service. It's, you know, like when I tell people about like booking for weddings and stuff like that, you're not trying to sell yourself. You are just solving a problem that they have. And it's all about how you present how you can solve their problem. Their problem is they need somebody to do their hair or they need somebody to do their makeup. And then you're just presenting a solution. Right. Um, and, and sales, I think for retail kind of comes right back down to that as well. And I think it was, it was, I really excelled when it came to like working behind the counter, doing mm-hmm. cosmetics retail before I became a makeup artist, because I understood that like right off the bat, if it was, okay, somebody's coming to me with a problem here, let's, let's have a conversation. Let's identify what their problem is. Here are the solutions. And because you said you had this problem, this, this ingredient or this product solves that problem. Yes. And just presenting us a, a solution rather than here, please buy this. I did this whole makeup look for you. And here's all the things you need to recreate it. It was like, no, you said to me, you have, you know, problems with oily skin, and rosacea well here's why this foundation formula is going to solve those problems for you and people will be like oh okay that's why i should use this not just okay well the lady behind the counter said i need to use this yeah and and nobody and, and you know it's funny i run um i do training around this this is how i run my like you know like the typical name is makeup bag makeover right Mm-hmm. But people are like, oh, I've done a makeup bag makeover before. I'm like, I promise you, you have not done a makeup bag makeover the way that I teach it or the mm-hmm. way that I train it. Because I, you know, I look at, I'm looking at this eyeliner right in front of me. Like, I remember makeup bag makeover in the past. Do you have an eyeliner? Awesome. Okay. Like, do you like the eyeliner? You know, and it's like you're mm-hmm. picking up like product by product. And that's definitely not service-based, right? That's like, here's a product. Why do you need it? Or why do you not need it? Yeah. And my, my whole theory around that is like, no, I'm going into a makeup bag makeover teaching overall concepts mm-hmm. and like you know why is framing important for the face um why is dimension important for the face after you've like perfected the canvas why is it important to put dimension back i'd rather talk over overall concepts really help educate somebody mm-hmm. and then from there 
it makes like we look at what they already have, how they can use it to create dimension. And if they don't have that, well, then how do you want to create dimension? I don't assume they want to do a full highlight contour with cream concealer or something, you know, uh-huh. I don't assume they want like a powder glow highlighter or something like that. Sometimes they might just be a skincare person. They still mm-hmm. need a little dimension. So, okay, let's put some of this oil, this face oil over your cheekbone and let that pop when the sun hits it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things where I like to instill confidence in people that they don't have to look like the person off of Instagram to be right and confident mm-hmm. in, their, in their skin. Like, I just want to teach them and then they get to, like, authentically grasp what makes them happy. So their uh-huh. makeup bag is actually made over with something that they're going to enjoy in the morning. And they're going to be like, this is me. And somebody, somebody verified that's okay, that this yeah. is me, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I, that's how I like to do my lessons too. When, yeah. I, when I still do them, it's very education-based, like with the basics. I like to empower the people who sit down on my chair and be like, hey, this is a, a quick, quick overview of undertones and I I empower them on how to shop for colors for themselves and be like, Hey, I'm going to show you some stuff based off of the feedback that you give me on what you like. Here's the options, but you know, let them be able to say, okay, I really liked how those warmer tones on my eyes brought out the blue and I understand what to look for. Mm -hmm. So I'm not just being like, here, this is what we use by it. You know, it's like, okay, well, here's, here's how to shop for those things. So when they do go to, you know, the website or whatever, and they want to shop for things later, they're not always depending on me to tell them what to buy. I've already empowered them to understand the why of, okay, well, if I want, you know, like you said, they're a skincare person and and they, they need some dimension and they might just really want that, um, that, that oil on this, the skin to hit the highlight or, or yeah. maybe, you know, the, the highlighting drops and it's like, okay, right. they can come in and be like, Hey, I'm ready to move forward with that. And I understand what that's going to do for me so I can make this purchase confidently. And it's not me being salesy. It's just helping them uh, to empower them to how to shop to solve their own problems too. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, I, I even, created this workbook and I I can't wait to put this out, but I created this workbook where it's almost like a Mm self-assessment for their makeup bag. But like one of the, one of the quick questions under canvas, like the theory of canvas and the concept is Mm -hmm. I tell them to um, just swipe their foundation on their chest and that's it. I'm like, what happens? Is it dark light? Does it feel like it's off for some reason? Maybe the undertone or whatever, you know? Um, and then check in five minutes because it might oxidize. It might be a totally different color, you know? But all this does is by doing that action, they realize, okay, you know, and then just the explanation, let's bring it back to bridal really quick, right? The explanation of like, everybody knows that bridal portrait, right? Where you've got your head over your shoulders, And you're looking over like nobody wants that line of demarcation or that other total different color on the face than the body. You know, it looks like makeup. It's like, how do we bring our body more in tune with our face? You know, so Mm -hmm. I like to just kind of ask questions that and and kind of give just a little bit of information. So people are like, oh, and that's why we're looking to match to the body, you know, and just to honor something in the body on the face and vice versa, you know. So it's one of those conversations we get to have. And how easy is it to like if I have them in front of me, be like, let's do a quick color color match. Like I'm doing a quick color match and I find their perfect color. What are the odds now that they're going to run into some random person who's trying to sell them at Sephora, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, get a foundation? Probably not. They're probably just going to get the foundation. I'm talking to them, especially when, again, quality, integrity, you know, and it's good. So, yeah. Um, and it can come right to their door. I don't have to. 
<laughs> I don't have to stock it. I don't have to do exactly. anything. So, you know, like th- those are just kind of the conversations I have during these. And the thing is when they have the perfect makeup bag, I'm like, amazing. Like, I'm so glad, you know, and then at that point, at the very end of the makeup bag makeover, even if somebody has the perfect routine and I don't have to do a thing or help now we're encouraging people to try something new and it's about focal point, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like, if you're normally doing a matte lip, what happens? This is the time to play. What happens if you put a little bit of gloss, but it's kind of just like pushing people out of their comfort zone a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you never know, like that may lead to them just feeling, and it's not about the sale again, but it's about encouraging them at the end of like, it's okay to step it up a notch. It's okay to try something different. It's just makeup, you know? Exactly. But people leave like super empowered, super excited. And, you know, and, and they, like you said, they know exactly what to do and look for. And that may be with me or somewhere else, but mm-hmm. they know why they're looking for something. They're not just yeah. like falling into whatever came out recently. <laughs> exactly. They're not just following a trend. They're understanding, right. <laughs> you know, the concepts behind it um, yeah. and, and stuff that's going to be timeless. And then they can be like, okay, well, yeah. the, the new trend is to have this. I understand why that's a good fit for me or or maybe why I should kind of not. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's kind of how I look at my life, honestly. Like I, you know, I've, um, had the question of like, do you guys come out with a lot of new things all the time? I'm like, you know, I really feel like we're more like the core beauty. It's not that we don't mm-hmm. have stuff that can be trendy and stuff like that. It's like, but when you know your skin is on point, your foundation is right. You got the right color. You can be messy with everything else and it still looks intentional. Like it, mm-hmm. you know, like it looks like it's just the look that you went for. Like I have clumpy liner or a clumpy uh, mascara on and everything. You know, you could do whatever yeah. you want with whatever, but like make sure that skin is right. Make sure that you know foundation matches. Like get the core products that you know you're going to work with, and then go have a blast with the focal point, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like have a blast with all the trends that are coming out. Yeah. It's like be, be fun with your, your eye looks or, you know, with placement yeah. or something, you know, like you can follow the trends, but if you're still using the right products for you, yeah. um, it's going to look effortless and it's Absolutely. going to look in line with, okay, this is, you know, the, the current trend versus like, well, I just see people on TikTok doing this. <laughs> yes. And then people are copying and they're like, this doesn't look like the girl on TikTok. And it's like, cause the girl on TikTok doesn't look like the girl on TikTok. So exactly. let me teach you why that's actually just color correcting, please. <laughs> you know, doing that after workshop, you know, again, in those slow months and just inviting them back in, it's like, they they know they love their bridal makeup. They've done a trial. They have worn it. It's in all their photos. Why wouldn't they want to emulate that? And I and that was the biggest um, thing I had to kind of work on mindset with people when they first started, especially as makeup artists in retailing. It mm. was kind of like this idea that you had to like keep all the secrets to yourself. And I was like, you're never going to see this client again unless they're coming back for their second wedding. Hopefully not, you know, or yeah. like uh-huh. their maternity photo. I've had that. <laughs> I've had that a couple of times. I, you know, and I'm like, that's probably only happened. Like, I can't bake off that, you know. So it was just one of those things. I'm like, you work so hard to get somebody in your chair. Like, why not? build a relationship and actually help service them, you know, by showing them what you did. Like, it's okay to show them, you know, like I use this mm-hmm. color and da, 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 and this is how I did it. Um, because in the end, and then especially when going through the makeup bag makeover kind of workshops, they're also trying new colors after that. They, they did mm-hmm. the bridal look and now it's time to play, you know? So now they might try on that cherry red color or something like that. That's just going to be like, wow, I, I need this for day night. I need this for whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And it helps them fall into like other parts. And, and that's where it kind of comes in is that 
I can actually, I mean, my customers, I've met with them once and they're my customers for years, you know? Mm -hmm. So the investment that I can put into somebody as a thank you for choosing me to be your bridal artist and all of a sudden still, you know, making money years later on the same people, having a relationship with them, being able to help them in a bigger way. Like that is something I wish I knew a lot earlier in my career. You know, yeah. I, I wish I didn't kind of like, I don't want to say throw away customers, but kind of throw away mm -hmm. like my time yeah, um, and not having something else for them to lean into. Well, also too, you know, so many people see the bridal world and they break it all down to, well, how many weddings have I done? And yeah. to make these income goals, well, then the, the solution is just to book more weddings. And uh, I was like, no, yes. no, it's not. You don't <laughs> exactly. have to work yourself to exhaustion to hit these income goals. Oh, or they'll be like, well, right I have there. to, I have to raise my prices so much more. And it's like, well, you don't have to. There's so many more opportunities. Uh, an additional revenue stream would just sell, like Giselle, we're just selling lipsticks, you know, yep. and this, you already have the bride and in the chair at the trial, why not talk to her about the the issues with her skin? Because nobody has perfect skin. You know, everybody could use something to help, you know, whether it's just like the lip mask and be like, hey, this is a really great product. We have a, this awesome lip mask. If you use that the night before your wedding, like your lips are, you're going to wake up and they're going to be so good and your lipstick's going to last and, and, and whatnot. And then they might just be like, oh my God, perfect. And there you go. Like you've turned them now, like you said, into a customer for life because you're, you're helping to solve a, a problem that they have. And now you have all of this extra money and you don't have to do any extra week, uh, any extra weekends, any extra weddings. Oh you're God. not sacrificing any more of your time, but you're yeah. now making so much more money just because you're, you're, you have access to being a solutions, you know, for, you for people's it. problems. You nailed it. And that's what the conversation should be. It's not like, how many weddings did you do? It's like, who did the least amount of weddings, but pulled in the most profit? Exactly. Like, Amen. <laughs> Amen. If, again, my self-worth is not based on how many weddings I did. I did no. not need to work myself to exhaustion to make bank last year kind of exactly. thing. I was on um, a Zoom the other night. We were talking about like different makeup artists and how they use this, um, this line in different ways. Like we had a TV and film and, and wedding and uh, mm -hmm. My friend, Melissa Clauza, she was on there. She said something about a uh, wedding. Um, she was like, bridal artists are the workhorses of like this industry. You know, it's like the, yes, yeah, the exhaustion, <laughs> the coming, the coming home and like passing out on the floor and the whole, you know, like it, it's yes. like that's eating everything in sight and then falling asleep on the couch for two hours. <laughs> and, and the amazing thing out of, out of all the genres, they are the ones that are most likely for this to make sense because they are just going to already be working with the customers who need their help and understanding mm -hmm. their beauty routines. So it's like, there is an answer. It's just allowing people, you know, it's just allowing people like they've got to just, you know, allow themselves to see that it doesn't always have to look one way, you know, just adding one additional conversation or one additional, you know, thing into what they're already doing. Yeah. Makes such a difference, such a huge difference to the point where they can decide, like you said, to, to step out of how many they take on, you know, I mm. love that. I'm like, how do we get that on a shirt? <laughs> Yeah. Well, well too, who did the like, least amount who pulled in the most? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, well, also, 
Also, too, when you're thinking about it, it's like one bride. It's you're rarely going just for the bride. She has an entire bridal party. She has moms. She has grandmas. She has aunts. You know, you are now being exposed through that one booking to six, seven, 10, 12 more people. And you can continue to serve them each in the exact same way. So for each wedding that you book, you could potentially turn around and now have 10 new people customers who love the products and love the solutions that you're giving them will will be able to continue to give you money down the line. A lot of those people, they, they might not be getting portraits done and need their hair or their makeup done. They may not be, you know, planning their own weddings or whatnot. You know, we don't have to just look at it as, okay, well, it's just wedding income. It's like, no, there's so many more opportunities that we can uh, take advantage of from each booking how many more new people, how many more touch points, how many more exposures uh, are are we getting for our business with each opportunity? I I think what's also important is also the passive ways that you can talk about. I think everybody thinks like you have to like talk about like limelight, but da, da, da. there's a lot of passive ways that you can actually work this into your business plan. And a lot of it is like, if you have a website that tells about the services, you know, add on <laughs> touch up kits, like we've got bridal kits that are already, t- they're I beautiful. love that. that, that Aren't they so cute? They're, they're so cute. <laughs> and so they're the cute. perfect gift. And they're, there's like a, you know, it looks like a, a classy ring box with a bow and then you open it up and like there's a blush and a lip gloss. So great for the bridal party. And then they got the bridal touch-up kits with the, the clear powder and, you know, just mm-hmm. for the shine and the Kleenex with the beautiful like French and English saying on it. So, you know, there are so many ways that you can easily just say, would you like to add this on to your, to your service? You know, mm-hmm. super quick, give them ideas, show them a picture on the website and you don't have to do too much more. Just add the link to that, you know, to that picture. Yeah. And, um, and that, and that in itself, you know, starts conversations. Um, other ways that I start conversations is that even, you know, just, I don't know, like for me, like I like to educate on some things and this is just kind of a bridal advice in general here, but it does Uh lend well back to retail. Um, I like to educate around whatever genre I find myself working in, in the makeup industry. So right now, you know, one of the things that I, um, am talking about a lot is camera ready makeup because my husband does the photography, like I said, Mm -hmm. um, we have customers and clients, like sometimes I'll work with a model for portfolio. Well, I'm not going to work with them for every single job they do. And on on top of that, I want to be able to teach them how can you go to a casting where you're not really supposed to be wearing makeup, but still look like, you know, like flawless by like a little touch here or there of something which which is undetectable, you know, like little things like that. I feel like Um, or like, how do you get camera ready for yourself? I work with a lot of CEOs in the area that we're in. We've got CEOs busy five minutes. How am I going to most empower them to be able to do a daily makeup when I'm not there? They're not going to call me for every zoom they do. They're not going to call me for every speaking engagement. So Mm -hmm. how can I help them outside of that, which entails or ensures that they're actually going to use me again for, you know, future things that they don't want to take care of on their own, you know, like special events and stuff. Um, but I think in the same with the bridal world, like give a little bit of that information that you're learning, that you're seeing those problems that you're solving over and over again, like do a quick video on it, do something on social media, do a reels on it, you know, and be like, like my top tip for showing up for your wedding um, uh, appointment, you know, things like that are so appreciative. It just lends you, it just, you know, paints you in the light of like, you are truly like their beauty guide, you know, their guide Mm -hmm. to like, what's going to help them uh, make their day the best. 
But then it also brings in conversations of like, if you're teaching around makeup, like I've become an educator, not because I just want to educate on makeup. I became an educator because I'm really trying to help solve problems. Like you said. Yeah. Um, so I feel like a lot of bridal artists kind of just, I don't say a lot. I, I know a number that do this, but, uh, but when I did, when I say a lot, I'm really talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> I know when I was doing makeup, I didn't want to go out there and kind of like share some things that I ran into a lot because I was like, well, they're, they're not going to hire me, but mm. you know, but it actually, it was such a scarcity mindset. Like the moment that I'd actually was more abundant with my thought and being like, this is going to help somebody. The more came back and was like, Oh yeah, I need you to do that because you're so willingly offering your advice Yeah, on social media of all things, you know? Well also so. too, you know, if they are a, um, a guest at somebody else's wedding, there's a, there's a very high likelihood that they're going to be a guest going somewhere. And if you can yeah. provide them with the type of products to recreate their bridal look, if you're working oh, a wedding, yeah. you know, you're not going to, turn down other weddings to do the makeup for one person. But if they are able to get their hands on quality products and understand how to apply them and get a similar effect, you know, now you've empowered them and you've, you've helped provide an additional solution, not just for their everyday look, but now when they have a special event, they can do it um, themselves. And you're not worrying about like, Oh, I'm turning down, these requests for one person only on a Saturday. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't have to worry about that being a loss of income because right. you've, you've got the income from doing the makeup lesson and then retailing the products so that they can do it themselves. Yes, exactly. And, and I'm really appreciative of the strides of like technology too these days. Um, mm -hmm. You have those events, you have those makeup workshops. I don't even have to have like that weird, like, here's an order form. What do you want to order? You know, like kind of conversation at the end. Yeah. I now just say, okay, like after the makeup bag makeover, I have two lists on that sheet that they fill out. I have because we're empowering them to use what they have and how to use what they have, like in the most efficient way that makes sense for them and their goals. Mm -hmm. And there's the I need section and it's all lined up where I need, I need, I need. And if there's anything that I can fulfill, I just take a snapshot of their sheet. I tell them to bring it home. And I have their email and I go ahead and add it to cart. And I tell them I'm adding all of this to your card for you through your email mm -hmm. and go ahead and take a snapshot just so you know what it looks like, what our prices are and everything. And you can just leave it there. You could delete it. You can edit it however you want, but just know like it's there so that you can just kind of get an idea because you had mentioned that these are the things that you needed or wanted. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm not having to close out anything. The card goes straight to them. And at that point, they either decide to buy the whole thing as is, at, you know, even if I added stuff in there, a lot of times I'm like, well, you're getting this foundation. This is the brush that we talked about. You didn't put this on your list, but you know, if you ever want it, like, here's what it looks like. Yeah. And when I do that nine times out of 10, it's like, they're, they're getting way more than what they actually said that they were going to get because it was mm -hmm. done for them. It was easy. They just got to check out and I just kind of threw it in there for them. You yeah. know, so the, it took so much of the pressure of like closing a conversation for a sale, mm -hmm. like, and like doing the orders right there. I'm like, nope, just add to cart and 
<laughs> and use it as their wish list and tell them to snapshot it so that they remember for the future. Yeah. And, and it's never a high pressure thing. It's it's not like the old home party, like the candles and the jewelry parties. You know, like that whole that whole mindset of, okay, now it's time. I'm going to come sit here in the kitchen oh. with my order forms. <laughs> and when everybody's done with their wine and cheese, come and see me. I, I, that was literally, you're totally uh, the Pamper Jeff party I went to. It's exactly what they did. It was so funny. Yeah. I was just sitting there munching on some food while my husband was buying stuff. I was yeah. like, I can't imagine having to set another hour after the workshop, like, you know, doing more exactly. on that part. I'm like, yeah. Oh, do all that yeah technology makes it so easy these <laughs> days like come amazing. on it is not the 90s we don't we don't need to do this whole party model thing like oh it's so good yeah this is this is not you know like my mom did tupperware tupperware parties when i was a kid and like you know the early 80s and and yeah. in the late 70s and whatnot when my before i was born my older sisters and like she was a stay-at-home mom but she did the tupperware parties you know and i don't I, think i've never been to one but i'd be so curious to go to one. like i'm like what do they have like i i feel like i'm in the stage of life where i'm just like now that my eyes are open to direct sales and how it works i'm like uh-huh. man i've like completely ignored so many product lines for so long if i know anything it's like what line life has taught me is that there's probably some really good products out there that i didn't even like bother trying because it was in direct sales <laughs> and yeah. now i'm like what yeah. is out there yeah <laughs> what do you have well what do you have <laughs> yeah tupperware i think uh, it, it's got some really cool stuff but i'm a, I'm a pampered chef girl like I'm yeah just, you know what I'm, <laughs> i am obsessed with pampered chef and technically I'm a consultant for it, but I use it just to like, my sisters will be like, Hey, I, I need right. a new plan. And I'm like, okay, here you go. And I place the order for them. And then I'm like, Oh, I need another stoneware baking sheet. Yeah. All right. And As yeah. I try to get my husband to do it. Cause he cooks so much. So I was like, you should totally do pampered stuff. And he was like, I don't eat. I, I think the funny thing with the Pampers chef is that the only difference was um, I think he felt a lot of pressure to put a party on or something like that. Yeah. And uh, and he did, you know, I was just like, no, I don't think you have to do it that way. And, no, and, you don't at all. And that's the beautiful thing of this. It's like, you're an independent contractor where, wherever you decide to do, if you do anything with direct sales, you get to work it. Don't let anybody tell you you can't work it the way you want to work it. You know, yeah. that's just simply not true. Like they're not, they're not paying your 1099 as the company is, you know? So it's like, they're paying exactly, you yeah. So, see, I started doing the, the the Pampered Chef last fall because Ryan, my my youngest, he loves cooking. He loves cooking and baking. Like that, that's like our thing that we do together. Uh-huh. Is when when Dad and his brother are off doing other things, the two of us sit on the couch and we watch Netflix with like cooking shows and baking shows. Like it, that's our bonding time, and we cook a lot together in the kitchen. And I was like, you know, what would be really cute is if we started like a mother son YouTube cooking channel. Awesome. And I was like, well, how can I monetize this beyond? Because yeah. you know, I I always have that that's CEO brain for me. Yes, I'm like, how can I monetize this beyond views? I'm and I was like, you know what, if I, <laughs> if I start, re- you know, retailing and become a consultant for Pampered Chef, I can use those tools while I'm making the recipe. I'm spending time with my kid, but I'm also monetizing this. And the two of us came to an agreement that if we did it, then we would split the, any of the sales and he would get 50% and I would get 50%, mm-hmm. but he would use that and put it into his college fund. And I'm like, this would be a really cool way for him to spend the next six years or so building up a little bit of extra money into his college fund. And then I was just like, I really don't have time for this. (laughs) That's actually a lot of work. That's another full-time job. It sounded great in theory, but I do not have time to be a content creator for YouTube and 
film you know, and edit and market these videos because that is that is literally another full-time job but you know what's really funny about that like all I want to do now is I'm like just send me your link after we're done here because like my husband uh-huh. can totally use the link to order stuff but that's exactly how this happens like you know what I mean and and I think there's this idea that you've got to literally be pushy and like be, you know, throwing this. I'm like, no, like I already mentioned, like my husband likes to cook and he was looking into that. You happen to do that. I now want a link to like get, make sure that we're supporting you and doing that. And it's just such exactly. a simple conversation when you just share, you know, what you're yeah, up to. Exactly. And, um, and yeah, no, I do want that link. Okay. I'll send it to you afterwards. <laughs> we got to get some pamper shop going here. <laughs> exactly. Maybe I'll post it in the show notes of this episode too. And be like, Hey, so if anybody wants to like right. help, what are we talking about again? <laughs> my stoneware obsession and i'll yeah, i'll kick a couple of bucks to my kid for his college fund like you I know, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. i would love to help your kid with college i'm all about it <laughs> awesome well um let's go ahead and kind of start to wrap things up a little yes. bit so um one of my new things is at the end of everybody's episode i asked them to share a little bit of um, a wedding day kind of horror story or, or, or something that maybe didn't go quite the way we were expecting. So do you have something fun to share with the audience today? I think the only thing is um, the, you know, sometimes, like I said, I'll do weddings. Um, I feel like now I just kind of do weddings for like old model, you know, that we shot with or friends. Oh, or, yes. I've know. done a lot of their weddings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, thank you, model, for being in my portfolio here, mm-hmm. uh, my bridal book. Um, but yeah, like, you know, so I do things like that or for friends or favors and stuff. And, um, because I do makeup and hair, sometimes I'll be like, oh, sure. I'll do the hair for you for just the bride, you know, like no big uh-huh. deal. It, it's not my thing. My go-to my more makeup, you know? Um, so I was like, sure. I'll do like enough do like creative freelance, the freestyle hair. Do. Uh-huh. So I, I agreed to do that for one of my friends and this bridal party started at like five. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to do the hair and she's going to do the makeup. And then all of a sudden, after we did the trial, she loved her hair. I'm like, oh, great. I started getting text after text with everybody's name and the exact vital updo they wanted to do with each person's picture mm-hmm. <laughs> for 10 people. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. And I go to my friend. Oh, and, hold on. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, hold on. You don't do hair. I'm like, kind of do hair now. You know, it's like just for the bride at this point. And I'm like, wait, like, this is not going to work. I'm like, does she know? Like, I'm not going to do her entire bridal parties, you know, hair thing. So then we've kind of switched it over. So it's just kind of been like this whole, it's been a lesson or it has, has been a lesson in making sure communication is there, you know, but it, it was just got bigger and bigger. And then all of a sudden it's like, I'm doing hair for everybody. No, but I can't do hair for everybody. So now she's got to find another hairstylist. And at that point I'm like, okay, well, am I doing hair at all? Do I just help with the 10 people who now have to get makeup done? It's just by me, like kind of pulling a favor for somebody. Yeah, it kind of reminded me why I like to have like exactly simple weddings. Like, why don't I, I do this anymore? What? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. you know, but I still, and I was just uh, talking to my friend about this actually. And, you know, I still do weddings, but like I said, it's, it's going to be more, I work with the bride at this point. And I think it's mm-hmm. because I've been able to um, build, you know, that, that income from other streams of income that I can say, yeah, I actually just want to work with the bride and I'm fine with doing just the hair and makeup and, you know, and having somebody else take care of the rest of the party. And I don't feel like I'm missing out on something, you know? 
mm-hmm. like if anything, I can now kind of be there and more in a more clearer space of like really just doing. I I like to say doing the jobs that feed your soul, not just your family. You Absolutely. Know, like, oh my god, I love that. Okay, I'm right? it. I love it. Yeah, totally. Like, put that, that on a shirt. Too. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> we're we're just gonna start. Okay, new <laughs> CEO idea, Kat. We're starting a T-shirt company, and you and I we're gonna. I know about it. Let's well, go. I'll, I'll do the graphic design, and you come up with the slogans, and that's it. Awesome. I wanted a shirt forever that says "Where's my palette knife?" because that's all I ask <gasps> ever. <laughs> It's this limitless thing, and it just gets mixed in with everything. Like, where's my palette knife? And I'm like, why don't I just put this on? The yes, but I yeah, do no. that too. I lose mine constantly. But, I have like right? four of them in my bag at any given time because I put it down and it like yep. rolls underneath something, and I'm always like, where, where is it? Oh, damn it! You know those like little again. mask necklaces or eyeglass necklaces? I'm gonna just have one with a palette knife around my neck. Yes, <laughs> I need, I need one for my palette knife and one for right my here. alcohol bottle. My, I'm, I'm always like, where did I put the fucking alcohol? Like, where did, where did it go? Hold on, hold on. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, I'm just gonna. Yeah, I'm, we're we're going into business. We're gonna have a lot of different things that we need to. Um, there we go. Diversifying our revenue streams. You yeah. know, it's the it's the, it's the key to you know achieving more income. It's it's working the smarter, not the harder. Absolutely. But yeah, yeah that was that was really it. It's just more, you know. This communication thing is getting out of control. And then like between both me and the other artists are like never doing weddings again until like the next person asks. And we're like, sure. Yeah, I know. That's not how it always goes. I told Giselle this year, I was like, that's it. I'm not working past October 14th. That's my uh-huh. last wedding. I'm officially retiring. I'm just going to serve my students in, you know, my coaching and my education platform and, and, and whatnot. And then she was just like, so, um, October 29th. And I'm like, ugh, all right, fine. She's like, thank you. And then like three weeks later, she's like, so October 1st. And I'm like, okay, woman, listen, I said no, uh, but, but, but I'll do it for you. you. But for you, you Exactly. Know. It also like, helps right. you love who you're working with. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's probably why I said yes. But, you know, it's just like, you love the person you're working with and you feel like it's gonna be less work because of that. But yeah, yeah. There's, there's this stuff that, you know. It gets a little out of control. Yeah, it can. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Kat. It was wonderful having you on the podcast today. Um, I will also include uh, information in the show notes if anybody is interested in the opportunity um, to work with you and expand uh, their income opportunities through LimeLife uh, to serve their customers a little bit better as well. Yeah, so, I'm, um, I'm happy to talk to anybody about any questions. Like, I just know, like, I've never, you know, like tied anybody or twisted anybody's arm, you know, to do this. If anything, I have more people come to me like years later and be like, dang, you know, that first time we talked, I probably should have, you know, done something. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, you know, it's everybody's time and every, like, you'll get it. When you have that moment where somebody's like reaching a card over and you just gave somebody 20 different websites, like, it clicks every once in a while, you know? So, yeah. You'll know if it's for you or not. I don't have to, you know. Absolutely. What's the best way um, that people can ask you questions about it and and reach out to you? Uh, is it better to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, your website? Yeah, you can actually just go to cataragon.com. And I think there's a, a Facebook Messenger chat thing just right on there. Or you can Perfect. call me through there. So, um, yeah. And, and it's me on the other end. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And thank you so much to everybody who's listening and joining us in today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you feel empowered, knowledgeable, and capable of handling anything that your business throws your way. 
Don't forget to subscribe to get access to new episodes as they are released each week on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Love today's episode? Let me know. Leave me a review and tell me what your biggest takeaway was from the conversation. Have a request for a future topic or someone you'd like to hear me interview? Find me on Instagram at beautybizcollective and drop me a DM. And if you're hungry for more actionable content to help you grow your bridal business, go to www.swearsanddoeshair.com slash bookmorebrides to sign up for my free on-demand training and learn how to book better quality brides faster, easier, and with less stress. Thank you.